0: The blue
1: of the night meets the
2: gold of the day. Someone waits for me. Oh,
1: yes. <laughs> ah, welcome, friends. Welcome to another Bing Crosby edition of Sounds Like Radio's. Library of Sound. I am your humble host here once again as we're hosting another Bing Crosby show for you. Today, we've got a show that I listened to not too long ago from one of my actual Bing Crosby tapes. Yes, this is from my own collection from April 25th, 1951. We've got a Bing Crosby Chesterfield show with his special guests Rosemarie Remember Rosemary from the Dick Van Dyke Show? Well, listen to Bing's other special guest, Louis Armstrong. Yeah, one of our favorite duet partners with Bing. When he sings with Bing, it's quite a, a special thing. Louis Armstrong today is Bing's guest from this April 25th, 1951 broadcast. Direct from your humble host tape library of Bing, let's listen now to... The Bing Crosby Chesterfield Show
3: Only one Only one cigarette Chesterfield gives you mildness Plus no unpleasant aftertaste What every smoker wants By
2: Chesterfield Chesterfield The one that proves its case Yes, Chesterfield's a minor, minor Plus no aftertaste oh, open up the pack and give them a sniff Then you'll smoke them one you. There's
3: this is Ken Carpenter welcoming you to the Bing Crosby Show for Chesterfield. Produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Judd Collins of the Bears and Bing's guests, Rosemarie and Louis Armstrong. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you the carry nation of the radio, Bing
2: Crosby. What Oh well, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Carpenter. Would you mind holding my hatchet? I'll
3: do that. Now, <laughs> Kerry, don't tell me you've been going around to saloons again, chopping up television
2: sets. <laughs> I sure have, and I wish all the good folks listening would shut off their televisions and flip their radios on. Yeah, still trying to get the folks to see the light, huh, Kerry? Mm-hmm. And they can flip their lights on, too. of
3: <laughs> That's right, folks. Turn on the lights. Get acquainted with the folks who are sitting around your living room. Yeah,
2: everybody shake hands now. Yell out your names and get acquainted. Might be somebody sitting next to you who's wanted by the FBI. You get a big reward. Turn (laughs) on the (laughs)
0: lights. (laughs) The,
2: <laughs> your, your company. You're really in a merry mood this and evening. i j- pretty jazzy. Yes, you yes. Are. That's because, uh, you know what happened? I feel what? very gay and very uh, jolly because I got some lowdown on hope. Bob, Oh, oh I've oh, got the vine on yeah. that <laughs> I have zeroed that's in right. on him. Yeah, let's get it. I just got a letter from a friend of mine who made the trip to England on the Queen Mary with Bob.
3: Oh, uh, uh, by the way, why did Bob go to England anyway?
2: Well, there's a couple of theories about that. George Bob. Jessel has an interesting theory. He claims that... Hope went over there to attend Danny Kaye's coronation. i uh, <laughs> That sounds like more or less of a joke. I think so. Small Could one. A of, yeah, it's a little little number. It's just a tiny one. But you know the real reason why he went over there? What? He went over to take a can of glass wax over for Douglas Fairbanks Jr.'s Monaco. I guess the glass wax wholesale from Godfrey, of course, yeah. takes it, right? <laughs> Who gets it for nothing? But <laughs> well, Bing, isn't Bob going to make some personal appearances just in as, London, too? Just as soon as he finishes shining Doug's monocle, he's going to make a big appearance there.
3: Oh, that boy sure loves to put on a show, doesn't he? he?
2: He thrives on it. That's the understatement of the year. Thrives on it. Ken, like the spring flowers need the sunlight, hope needs the spotlight. They tell me on the Queen Mary, he put on a show in the main ballroom, one in the card room, one in each cocktail room, one in the boiler room. He even put on a blindfold and did a show in the powder room. He did.
3: Well, I'll say one thing for Bob. He fits in anywhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're so right. I understand the first day he got to England, he made a very bold move. What he do? But he's always on the alert, on the key vive. He applied to the labor government for a free girdle to say the labor government
3: gives free girdles? Yes,
2: they do, but what goes in them you've got to get for yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, that's the trouble of those utopian schemes. The human element yes, slips in.
2: Never practical, no.
3: You know, Bing, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Bob were knighted over there. Oh, get out. Oh, knighted? Might be, yes. Mm. Wouldn't it be wonderful if he received the order of the garter? Certainly, he could pin
2: it on the girdle. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you one thing, Ken. If he ever receives the garter, it'll be tossed at him in a burlesque show or something for whistling and applause over and above the line of duty. Stout fellow. Thank you. Carry on. Well, you're all know enthusiastic, Bob. Is. Yes, who knows better than I? But, Ken, let's drop a Roving Rob and get on to the opening number, which deals with another of the roving kinds. That old, salty old sea chanty that is currently intriguing the folks. Quite a hit. John Scott, avast. dark and a roving eye and her hair hung down in ringlets she was an nice girl a proper girl but one of the roving kind as i cruised out one evening upon a night's career i spied a lofty clipper ship and her i did steer i heisted out my signals which she so quickly knew And when again I smile at her, she immediately hold to. She had a dark and a roving eye, and her hair hung down in ringlets. She was a nice girl, a proper girl, but one of the roving kind. Oh, pardon me, she says to me, for being out so late. But if my parents heard of this, oh, sad would be my fate. My father is in politics. A good and righteous man My mother tends our humble home I help her all I can He took her for some fish and chips And treated her so fine And hardly did he realize She was the Roman kind I kissed her lips I missed her lips And found to my surprise She was nothing but a pirate ship rigged up in a disguise She, she had, had a dark and her robe in a robe eye, eye, eye And her hair, and her hair, hair hung down in ringlets She was a nice girl, a proper girl But one of the roving kind So come all ye good sailor men Who sail the wintry sea And come all ye apprentice lads A warning take from me where of lofty clipper ship, will be the ruin of you. For it was there she made me walk to play and pushed me in the tooth. She had a dark and a roving eye and, and her hair hung down in ringlets. She was a nice girl, a popper girl, but one of the roving, one of the roving, one of the roving. Bored, <laughs> I still had you bored, kids. I still you bored, it's been ducky. You like the thanks, Ken. What's next on the docket? Now? Well, I thought we'd tell the folks
3: about those milder Chesterfields. Oh, the cigarette that gives
2: you more for your dough.
3: That's right, friends. Only one, only one cigarette, Chesterfield, gives you mildness plus no unpleasant aftertaste. What every smoker wants.
2: Fifteen hundred and twenty-three tobacco growers say Chesterfields are milder and they show you how to prove it. They say Chesterfields right combination of the world's best tobaccos Smells milder and smokes milder. And here's what
3: modern science and research says, what the cigarette taste panel says. There's only one cigarette which leaves no unpleasant aftertaste. That cigarette is Chesterfield.
2: Now every smoker wants a milder cigarette, and every smoker after smoking wants no unpleasant aftertaste. Only Chesterfield gives you both. And that's more for your money than any other cigarette can give you. Prove it yourself for
3: the price of one pack. Yes, that's all it comes down to just the price of a pack of Chesterfields to prove Chesterfield is the best cigarette for you.
2: I guess this is the season's biggest ballad. I can't let spring turn into summer without giving it one more belt. If they made me a king, I'd be but a slave. If I had everything. I'd still be a slave to you. If I rule the night, stars and moon so bright, still I turn for light to you. To me bow yet humbly I'd plead to you. If my friends were a crowd, I'd turn in my knee to you. If I ruled the earth, what would life be worth if I hadn't the right?
1: <laughs> oh, what a long ending. Mm.
2: That's the longest ending in history, wasn't right? it? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, anyhow, kids. Ladies and gentlemen, our first guest for this evening is a very charming young lady very talented too a smash dynamite vocalist started out in show business this girl when she was just a baby and as baby Rosemarie she was a great hit with her singing and her impersonations on the radio she's grown up now and recently she's been doing some fine work on that uh, that medium called television folks here's Rosemarie Rosemary, I want to bid you a warm welcome to the Chesterfield program. Of course, this isn't television. I know. But what is? I (laughs) hope you'll be happy here, though. Oh, sure, I will be. Gee, apparently Bobby Guy, our trumpet player, is doing his best to give you some sort of a big send-off, Rosemary. He must be a fan of yours or something. What is this?
4: Well, I don't know how much of a fan he is, but he is my husband.
2: What happens, I gave him a solo, and if, and it went to his head. He wants to play all four. It's nice to have a cornet player in the family. I wouldn't be without one. Have a guy can blast a hot chorus for you once in a while. You know something, Rosemary? It seems like only yesterday to me that you were just a baby working in Chopin. Hard for me to believe that you've grown up. Well,
4: kids grow up.
2: I know. I got them grown up all around me. <laughs> You must have started pretty early, huh?
4: That's right, Bing. I started singing professionally when I was three years old. Think of that. And I retired when I was five years old. Oh, those were the days. <laughs> you could put something away then, couldn't you? <laughs> Wasn't only that, Bing. You know, I did have to go to school. Oh, of course. That's right. Gosh. Imagine
2: being in show business and a big hit, and then you retire into the first grade. <laughs>
4: Why, you know, I could read Variety before I even learned my ABCs. Really? When I was fourteen, I went back into show business, and uh-huh. I retired again when I was eighteen.
2: Why did you retire then? <laughs> I never heard him play better. <laughs> Imagine starting out to work when you're only three years old. That's fantastic.
4: When did you start to work, Bing?
2: Well, there's those who claim I haven't started yet.
4: <laughs> what are you
2: going to sing tonight, Rosemary?
4: Well, I thought maybe I'd do a little bit of My Blue Heaven. Oh, I love it, Can that I go too. for it?
2: I love it. I'm sure you'll have no trouble with Mr. Trotter's orchestra, especially in the trumpet department. What? <laughs>
5: Just Molly and me, and the baby makes three, we are so happy in our, happy in our blue. It's going to lead you to my, lead you to my blue heaven. You'll see a smiling face, what a fireplace, a cozy room. A little nestle, that's a nestled where, nestle's where the little roses blow because it's mine.
2: Thank you, Rosemary. See, that was great. That really come on. Fine. Now, folks, here's a fellow who's guested on this show many, many times. One of the real giants of popular American music. A fellow who I think has no equal or no duplicate. Louis Sachmo Armstrong. Oh, Hello, Daddy. How's things at the Tiffany Club? Oh, it's got it a a moving, walking. It's a in, look at what look, what are you gonna do for us tonight, Lou? Well, I really don't know. I haven't given it a thought much yet. You haven't given much thought? Well, we yeah. don't want to crowd you, but uh, you're going to think of something, ain't you? But... Well, I see some uh, pretty clever cats there in the back Let's see who we got back there, yes. Well, uh, yeah. we're bound to stumble on something, you know, if I well, get with them. There. This is certainly the program for it, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the place, all right. <laughs> well, you get those cats stumbling around on something, and I'll just sort of back away. Okay, Daddy. You ready? Uh, uh, yes. Brother Shadow, <laughs> uh, Are you ready to start up? Where are you going to play I'll get over here with the cafe. (laughs) Sunny side of the street. Sunny side of the street is over yonder. Ready to live? Can't you hear that bit of pain?
0: Everything you said, though. Life could be so sweet. Oh, so.
5: No. I used to walk in shame. Oh, blues and rain. Now, Mama, I'm not the
2: better. Mama, that is better today. I never ever said, I'll be the dead man. So grand is many men love be your, your child. <laughs> fella who wrote that song, that melody, Jimmy McHugh, you've just made him very happy. <laughs> Jimmy McHugh? Yeah, I don't know about the guy who wrote the words. He's... <laughs> <laughs> That's my man. But the melody writer's gonna love
0: it. <laughs> and <laughs> folks,
2: uh, the other the clever cats that Louie mentioned in there with him supporting him were Matty Matlock on the clarinet, and Johnny Serra on the drums, Phil Stevens on the bass, Perry Bodkin on the guitar, Mel Hankey piano, Bill Taylor on the trombone, and Jack Cheney on the test. Say, Louie. Yeah, Papa? You know Nick Kenny... Of course, you do. You know Nick, the, the bard of the New York Mirror, the poet laureate of Rockingham Park. He's written a, a new song, he and his brother Charles. It's called, uh, a thing called Gone Fishing. Well, I hope it's catfish. <laughs>
0: don't,
2: don't mention any kind of fish you want. It's not specific, just any old kind of fish. But my point is, Satch, that this, this is sort of a lazy, drowsy, easygoing song about a fellow who hates work. All he wants to do is go fishing. Well, is this song dedicated to you, Daddy? <laughs> No, oh, I think Nick had you in mind when he wrote it. <laughs> well, I don't object to going fishing as long as I don't have to walk up the hill. That's the only thing out of it. There you go. I told you this song was about you. Well, I ain't lazy. I'm just blessed with a lack of ambition, that's all. <laughs> what do you mean you ain't lazy? Why, why, why is it then that every time I stop by your ranch, I can never find you? Oh, that isn't a ranch, Daddy? No? No, oh, I just raised a few friars on the thing. <laughs> <laughs> You sure know how to fry them, too. That's if I ever can find your home. But well, how come you can't find me? I'll tell you why I can't find you. Every time I go out to your place, you gone fishing. How do you know? There's a sign upon your door. Mm. Gone fishing. Oh, <laughs> real gone, it is. it? You ain't working anymore. Well, it could be, you know. There's your hoe out in the sun. Well, you left a row half done You claim hoeing ain't no fun I can prove it, though You we ain't got know. no ambition Gone fishing <laughs> By a shady, wady pool Shangri-La Really, La, I'm wishing That's what I mean. I could be that kind of fool Shall I twist you arm? I'd say no more work for mine Welcome to the club, Daddy On my door I'd hang a sign Gone fishing And still Of just a wishing Papa B, yeah. I'm stopped by your place a time or two lately, and you weren't home either. Well, you I'm know a busy that? man, Louie. I got a lot of big deals cooking. I was probably tied up at the studio. You weren't tied up, your dog. You just playing old gone vision. <laughs> There's a sign upon you, dog. Well, don't blab it around, Pops. Keep it shady. gone vision. Got me a big one staked out again. You ain't thing. working anymore. I don't have to work. I got a piece of Gary. Coughy. <laughs> have the twins on that detail. They <laughs> take a shine. Don't give a darn. I give them four bits of cow and hand lotion. You just haven't seen it too long. Well, you taught me. You ain't got no ambition, gone fishing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really got, got your, up, your up, hound up, dog by your side. Oh, Cindy Lou. Gone fishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> fighting at your eyes. Folks won't find us now because <laughs> Mr. Satch That's and Mr. Mr.
0: Cross
2: we gone fishing instead of just, just. a wishing <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah <laughs> Thank you, Lou. He's a mighty
5: man, ain't
2: he? man. Murderistic man, if uh, I
3: <laughs> Say, Bing, don't forget uh, this Sunday, daylight saving time begins.
2: That's right. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Say, do I, t- do I turn the clocks ahead or an hour, or we go back an hour? I never can. Oh, remember. we turn them ahead an hour. Oh, that's what I was afraid of. What do you mean, Bing? I mean, we have an hour less this week to sell Chesterfield. So let's get to selling them. Oh, <laughs> you're right. Friends only, Chesterfields are made of the right
3: combination of the world's best tobaccos. That's why Chesterfields give you mildness plus
2: no unpleasant aftertaste. Matter of fact, that's why Chesterfields give you all three of those ABCs, the most famous ABCs in the world. A, always milder, B, better tasting, C, cooler smoking.
3: And only Chesterfield gives you this big plus, the biggest plus in smoking, no unpleasant aftertaste.
2: Now you see why Chesterfield's ABCs mean more today, more than ever before, always... By Chesterfield, Chesterfield, the one that proves its case. Yes, Chesterfield's a milder, milder, plus no aftertaste. oh open a pack and give them a sniff, man, you'll smoke them. Ladies and gentlemen, here is an old barrack ballad which is respectfully dedicated to General Douglas MacArthur. Oh, soldiers never die, they simply fail. And my thanks to Rosemary and Louis Armstrong for joining us tonight. Incidentally, good luck to Rosemary on her engagement at the Chicago Theater in Chicago. Who's with us next week, Bing? Next week, Ken. a couple of our old pals are going to be here. Our guests are going to be Mr. Bert Wheeler and Mr. Walter O'Keefe. Bert and Walter? Fine, suave, urbane, unctuous gentlemen. See you next week for Chesterfield, folks. That's the best cigarette for you to smoke.
3: The Show, presented by Chesterfield, was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Myrtle McKenzie. Tune in next week and hear Bing and his guests, Bert Wheeler and Walter O'Keefe.
1: They have it, friends, from April 25th of 1951. The Bing Crosby Chesterfield Show, right here on the Library of Sound. I am your humble host for these great Bing Crosby editions on the Library of Sound. One of my favorite shows to listen to is the Bing Crosby Show. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you, Monday through Friday as I make breakfast... This is the show I listen to every, every Monday through Friday. I listen to a different Bing show. And, uh, and nowadays, doing this podcast, I keep a special ear out for some Bing Crosby shows that are extra good to play them here on the podcast for you on Sounds Like Radio. I am your humble host for the Sounds Like Radio Library of Sound, the Bing Crosby edition. Until next time, goodbye for now.